welcome to the Double Darn Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined, as per usual, by my co-host, Thomas. What's up? And together, we are the Big Nerds Play, and we're back! That's right. <laughs> we are back. Uh, you might you might not have known, known this about us. We used to do a podcast called the Variety Podcast, and uh, it's been quite a while, so there may be some rough patches here and there. But we are back. But unfortunately, we are not actually doing this face-to-face as we used to do. Because of what reason, Thomas? Uh, we are being quarantined. Yeah, we've been issued a... What, what's the word? A stay-at-home stay order? Stay-at-home. Yeah. Social distancing, yo. So, to date this podcast in the future, uh, we are currently in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak in the United States... And yeah, we're, we we don't want to increase our chances of exposure and spreading this terrible, terrible disease. But we wanted to start the podcast before this happened, and we kept putting it off, but it's only getting worse. So we might as well do this over the internet. Yeah, it's the, the next best thing. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's do it to it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, let's go. So Thomas... That's good. You watch the sports? Uh, I try to. <laughs> well, I mean, we we used to when it when they were on, but uh, you've seen the new Los Angeles Rams logo, have you not? Uh, I, I saw that on day one when it was released, and uh, let's just say it was not a good reaction. As a designer, how did you feel about this new logo? Well, like when you look at it, it just it's it's LA Fitness. It's just LA Fitness, you know, like and it's also like I feel like the curves don't match. Like there's like little nuances and like it's a simple logo type, but it's it, but it there's no nothing about it that screams Rams about it. Because I I get what they were trying to do with like the Ram horn, but they made the A like warped into the horn which made it look like it was sucked into it so it doesn't it just looks off (laughs) see i I didn't actually know that was the um intent of the a i just thought it was stupid looking (laughs) yeah so yeah take that from a design perspective rams um what what uh apparently thomas didn't know was there there is a second logo which is a kind of ram it's supposed to be a ram but it's quite phallic looking i'm going to show thomas later but if you look at the both of the rams logos the one that doesn't say la the one that's supposed to be in the shape of a ram is quite suggestive if you don't take a close look at it uh that's uh that sounds really bad <laughs> but enough about the rams yeah they suck uh, go see ox hey we're not biased uh so I was we were gonna do this little segment where I was going to show Thomas WrestleMania matches because uh, WrestleMania is around the corner ish, but uh, as we've mentioned before, the whole coronavirus thing has kind of put a wrench into everyone's plans. And uh, originally, uh, the WWE put out that they were going to hold WrestleMania at the Performance Center in Florida. And they were going to film in front of no audience and just do it there. 
and I was going to show Thomas these matchups and go, and we were going to have him decide who's going to win based on nothing, just by pictures alone. But unfortunately, news started to come out yesterday as I was planning the notes for this podcast that Roman Reigns would be pulling out due to his uh, Im- immu- uh, immune system not being so well because he suffered through leukemia last year. And uh, I was like, okay. But then more and more... Uh, wrestlers started to pull out uh the miz uh apparently has a fever and he's working sick and a just a bunch of wrestlers are pulling out one by one because they don't want to you know expose themselves to the potential danger so now the wrestlemania card as we speak now is up in the air and it's actually hard for me to pull up any matches for thomas to decide because things could change at any moment so this just means The Rock wins, though, right? Hey, I'm just saying, the Rock. Hey, what's The Rock up to? He's not filming movies right now, is he? No, he's uh, he's probably at home, probably, uh, you know, preparing for the new wrestling match. Or alternatively, he's doing the right thing and social distancing himself by staying home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, WrestleMania... Wait, is WrestleMania, like, this summer? or? Uh, it was supposed to be in... I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it was supposed to be like the first week of April. So it was very, very soon. That's like And they did start week. taping matches. Oh, yeah, it's next week, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen. And it's a very exciting time because Vince still wants to move on and film the the uh, show in its entirety. It's Vince is crazy. <laughs> That's correct. Because apparently the rumors are... Vince is the only person that wants to film WrestleMania right now. Everyone else wants to either delay it or cancel it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, everything is being canceled or delayed. It's kind of crazy that Vince still wants it to be going on at the same time. I mean, like, who's going to go? No one, right? So it's just going to be wrestlers. No, no one, because, like, because apparently, because it was, we've already been doing the whole film in front of no audience in an empty building. Yeah. So uh, Vince, <laughs> Vince is just crazy. I mean, like the XFL got canceled, and so now he's desperate, right? <laughs> That's correct. Well, I don't know, cause you know the NBA kind of put the pressure on all the major sports to really take notice of this. Yeah. So, um, how long do you think we'll be out of sports? Like, how do you, th- how like do you think like by the sum? Because the Olympics are already delayed till next year. So how do you think? Like the NBA season, do you think we're gonna jump into playoffs like in mid July or something, or what do you think? I was hearing the like the most opt opt optimistic no op optimistic that's the word I found it. Uh, the mo- most optimistic predictions were going to be in June, and even that's super early. So I doubt we get into any sports until midsummer. Yeah, that's a it's a bit of a rough patch for us sports nerds. <laughs> It's all predictions until then. But you know what we got in place of sports what? that we can do in the comfort of our own homes? What? We can play video games. Yeah, that too. Um, so I've got some news. Uh, I guess it's kind of old by now because, you know, the speed of the internet, everyone knows everything all the time. But, uh, Thomas, what do you know about Yakuza 7? Uh, I just know that I want to play it. And it's turn-based, so therefore it's better. D- and Kiryu shots fire. Kiryu is back. Sixty-year-old Kiryu. <laughs> is that spoilers? It's in the trailer. 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if people watch trailers. Who watches trailers? Get out of town. You do. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as Thomas mentioned, Yakuza 7 is a turn-based game unlike the other beat-em-up games. And for that reason, it split the fan base into two. They People really either really love the choice to go turn-based or they don't like it at all. Like, they hate it. So there's been sort of a critical eye on the game already. But um, very recently, they announced uh, DLC for Yakuza 7 in Japan. Only Japan. It's Japan so far, because the game's only out in Japan right now. It's it's not been localized to English yet. Please release to US. They will. They absolutely will. So uh, it's called the Premium Masters Pack, or at least the translation of the uh, DLC is called that. Would you like to know what's in this DLC? Yeah, I mean, I think I know a little bit, but not too much. All right, so there's uh, inside this this premium masters pack. There's three uh, kits. So uh, there's the premium item set, and it, that one provides you with a bunch of in-game usable items, like healing items, like lunch boxes and stuff. Lunchbox. So that that's whatever. Um, I think there's always been sort of the that uh, you can get. Yeah items delivered to you via mail or whatever that's, for that's those are like whatever items though you know those aren't too crazy and you can just buy that kind of stuff in game so that's that's not very uh, enticing yeah what what's the good stuff what's the good juice in there in the dlc uh we're getting we'll get to that in the second set oh. it's the premium costume set Ooh, there we go now we're talking so casca uh, the main character, Ichiban, he gets the hero costume. It dresses him up like a knight. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, you have Namba, who gets the Majima Yakuza 0 outfit. Okay, I mean, I don't know the characters too much right now, but I that, that's pretty cool. Uh, you got Adachi, who gets the Kiryu Yakuza 0 outfit. Wait, he's the guy who does the, the, he's the old guy with the karaoke, right? That that's correct. Oh, dang. Uh, that's he gets cool. the dress of like Kiryu from Yakuza 0. That's cool. Uh, the recurring character, Han, he gets his costume from Yakuza 6. Oh, I haven't played Yakuza 6, so. Whoops. <laughs> uh, you've got the uh, kind of crazy looking Majima new character, the Chinese character. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say his name very well, but Zhao, he gets Daigo's outfit. All right. Daigo. And you got uh, two lady outfits. You got Sayako getting Haruka's outfit from Yakuza 5 as like the idol cheerleader kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And you got Eri getting the Kaoru outfit, the uh, kind of dress suit, pantsuit thing. Mm-hmm. Still not very, uh, you know, DLC, like enticing. Like, would you pay for costumes and items? Well, like, I mean, like, is that. So like these is this the package one and package two are all in one price or are they separate? Uh, it, they are included together with a third set to uh make up the premium masters pack. Uh, the third set being the limit expansion masters kit. Now this is the real uh, meat and potatoes, as I like to say. Uh, it includes the premium new game, which is the basically the new game plus. And it has the normal hard and extra hard difficulties. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's got a extra hard dungeon called the Super Final Millennium Tower. 
That sounds really scary. <laughs> Uh, there's also more trophies. You get to level up to 99 uh, in your job ranks. You can forge your weapons to be Kiwami. And there's also a rare item shop. So that's the part that's gotten people riled up. Because uh, here, in at least in America, we've gotten New Game Plus and the uh, Legend difficulty or the Extra Hard difficulty for free. But that's not always been the case in Japan. Because they, they always had to pay for this DLC. Hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that. I mean, like, that's still pretty. Like, you're, you're, that's kind of crazy though, because you're paying for a new game plus, basically, and that's. It's kind of iffy, you know. Like a lot of games now, like new game plus is just, an add-on. <laughs> and. All right, Thomas. Would you like to know how much this DLC costs? It can't be more than thirty bucks. Um. Wow. Actually, you overshot it by way too much. Um, so until May 6th, uh, it is currently 7 yen. Damn, that's, that's not even 10 bucks, right? Six, six cents. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> uh, but after the 6th of May, it will be 980 yen, which is roughly $8.79 at the time of recording. That's not too bad. Yeah, but, uh, people are still kind of, you know, in a, in a huff about it costing money to play New Game Plus. I mean, like... Yeah, but like if the game is like good, um, it seems to be good. Uh, I don't think it's too crazy. I mean, like obviously, I think for new game plus and like cosmetic changes, ten bucks isn't too much to ask for. It's not like they're asking you like a thirty dollar expansion price, you know. Yeah, and not to mention that uh. The the DLC they they had in Japan, uh, in the Japanese versions of these games, we typically have gotten them for free, but uh, even even then, I don't. I, I think ten bucks isn't so. I mean, like if you were, if you like the game and you have an extra ten bucks and you want to play it again, I mean, it, it's nothing, and it's not like a mobile game, you know. <laughs> so, if we can't talk about mobile games, we'll be on, we'll be we'll be ranting for far too long. That's for episode. In the future, possibly. (laughs) And I think with that, that brings us to our new halftime segment. And uh, as per usual, I like to preempt this segment by saying I call it halftime, despite it maybe not falling within the halftime or halfway point of the podcast. I just like to put in a little break segment. Uh, We used to have the improv uh, dealio where we would make up a sentence by saying a one word at a time. But that's in the past. We're, we're, we're new people. We're better people, I think. Yeah, we are. Uh, so we've decided to do a top 10 list every week. Oh, yeah. And uh, this Indeed. week, we're going to rank top, the top 10 Andrews. Andrew Luck. Your boy. Uh, so Thomas doesn't know the order, but we, we did come up with a bunch of Andrews uh, in from various mediums, whether they be real people or fictional people. So uh, I'm going to throw out the honorable mentions first. Uh, we have two of them. Uh, Andrew Bynum and Andrew Bogan. <laughs> Bynum's your boy. <laughs> hey, you can't, you can't call him my boy. We'll do a podcast on our boys, but he's not, he's not my boy. Uh, shout out Andrew Bynum and Andrew Bogut for being uh, very big, talented basketball players, just injury prone. And uh, 
Bogut's at least credit though. to Bogut. He he, he tried. At least <laughs> he Bogut, tried really hard. Like actually has effort, whereas Spino just uh, shoves five five people to the ground. Damn. I mean, it's true. Uh, so that's why he fell out of the uh, top ten. There. <laughs> yeah, he's a, a bit of a buster. All right. So at number ten, we have Andrew Test Martin. I don't know. Uh, who that great is. big man wrestler. Uh, he had like the best big boot in professional wrestling, and he had this great match against Brock Lesnar at King of the Ring. Unfortunately, he has passed away, so uh, yeah. rest in peace, big fella. Rest in peace, man. Uh, number nine, we have Andrew Bernard. Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, the uh, where 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 was it? Where was he working? Uh, when Jim from the office, uh, moved out of Scranton. I don't remember. I'm not. Damn, a, I'm not fake an, fans. We're fake office fans. Damn. Well, you're more we're of an office, office fan than I am. I just, That's I true. just intake it. <laughs> uh, basically, I, I, I we put him down here because he he was like a kind of like a funny character in in bits. But then as soon as Michael left in season seven, uh, he was promoted to the manager position, and he was just too much, too much, and Andy all the time. Yeah. Um. Well, to be fair. After eight, eight and nine of the offers are widely regarded as not the best ones, so pretty rough. Yeah, a- Andy's still there though. I mean, like um, that one time, what was it? He punched the wall. <laughs> it was hey, one time, you mean two times? Two times yeah. He's uh, corn, at number eight. <laughs> number eight. You're- Damn it. we're we're getting back into the swing of things at number eight we have andrew wiggins now with the golden state warriors if i'm correct formerly the number one pick in the draft uh he was called maple jordan but uh he didn't do so well in the minnesota so he got traded to the golden state warriors as thomas said and he's been doing pretty okay until the season got canceled thanks to the coronavirus yeah i think i'm kind of like rooting for him to you know have a little bit of a redemption arc, because we we can only hope. We can only hope it, that the last few seasons haven't for a number. He was wait. I thought he he's number one overall. Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. So he's uh he's. I thought I, I for some reason I thought he was like number two or something. Um, he's got a like you can see the potential. It's just like not there. You know, like the the product isn't what we thought it would be but it's still like able to you can still you can see that like he can still do it he's just not doing it you know <laughs> no i don't <laughs> know got him <laughs> what a uh, hater <laughs> uh at number seven we have andrew wiggin just... nicknamed oh. ender and that's wiggin without an s uh that's Ender from the Ender's Game book. He was named Andrew Wigan. That's his uh, real name. I'm not a book nerd, so. Uh, wow, how Ender. do you not read Ender's Game? Everyone yell at yell at Thomas to read Ender's Game. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> see, okay, see, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't actually say anything. But we'll just put him at number seven in hopes that Thomas right. will read the book. At number six, we have Andy Dalton, straight in the middle of the list, as per usual. Mister Middleman. He's, he's been mediocre his whole life. I mean, I mean, hold, hold on, wait. I mean, uh, I want to say his whole NFL. life. I would say in the NFL, he's NFL been mediocre. Uh, he's, he was the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, yeah, so. but they never got past the first round, right? They never won a playoff game. See, I have in my notes the only thing of note he's done 
is he pushed the Bills into their first playoff since 1999 by beating <laughs> the Ravens. If, that, if that's a career highlight, that's 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 just bad. Hey, that's one heck I mean, of a highlight, like, though. You know, props to the Bills, man. At number five, we have Andy Dwyer from Andy. Parks and Rec. He starts the show kind of as a flunky, but he ends up uh, becoming Johnny Karate on TV, and he gets married, and he in the future apparently has uh. kids also. So he ends up pretty pretty well, and he's played by, uh, of course, your oh, boy, yeah. Chris Pratt. I'm only I only watched up to, I think up to season two, so I mean, but still, he's what a character. At number four, we have the legendary Andy Kaufman. The comedian who once had a feud against Jerry the King Lawler. People couldn't tell if this feud was real or not. Because uh, it was a wrestling angle. But they, they played it so seriously that they thought Andy and Jerry legitimately <laughs> hated each other. That Jerry really broke Andy's oh, neck damn. with a pile driver. It, it was, was hilarious. Fake, fake beef. Hey, I, I, I don't know, man. That that stuff felt you real to me. Uh uh, rest in oh, peace, man. Andy oh. Kaufman. Funny guy. At number three, we have a tie. Uh, we have your boy, Andy Murray, and your boy, Andy R- Andy Roddick. My, my, my tennis dudes that can't beat Roger Federer. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Well, that's because Roger, what, isn't Roger Federer like the best in the world? Yeah, he is the best in the world. So, uh, I, Apparently, I wrote down some accomplishments for both these gentlemen. Uh, Murray is the only ever player uh, to win two Olympic singles titles, bringing in the 2012 and 2016 gold medals. Yep, he beat he beat the legends actually because Nadal, I think he did beat Federer and or Nadal and or Djokovic because they didn't they didn't play well in the Olympics because they actually like for some reason during the Olympics the recent one in 2016 Andy Murray like really hit his peak. So he was just destroying everybody, but then he kind of fell off after that because of injuries. Damn. Uh, and uh, Roddick, uh, I have written down as the most recent North American man to win a Grand Slam singles event, reached the top ranking, and finished the year as number one. And he did this in 2003. Yeah, it just shows how bad your rest of is, is now. Because <laughs> they're bad. thank you thomas uh at number two we have andy dufresne from the shawshank redemption i've seen that movie isn't that your favorite movie i say this say that it is but uh it's been too long so you've been lying i don't know i don't know at this point anymore damn (laughs) and at number one we have andrew luck he's coming back right i don't know i haven't been paying attention i thought he retired because of the injuries yeah, me too. He's he's your boy though. Hey, formerly the number one pick. He was a great quarterback. He just had to retire because he kept getting injured all the time. Yeah, that draft is pretty rough, except for uh, Russell. <laughs> that that's Russell Wilson, people. In, in case you don't watch football. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the top ten Andy's li- Andrew's list. Andy Andrew. It's all the same name, really. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Andrew Luck was the... I actually predicted the top one. I didn't expect Andrew Luck to be number one. Well, you, you might not have noticed this, but this this isn't a legitimate top ten list. I just p- 
put the names in a random order and decided to make up reasons. Uh, that, that's fair. That's fair. Is it though? Is it fair? <laughs> no. And with the end of the top ten list, that brings us to the main event of this podcast. Uh, Thomas, what game have we been playing recently? Uh, obviously, Animal Crossing. And that's Animal Crossing New Horizons, to be specific. Yeah, but people just call it Animal Crossing. What do you know <laughs> about the history of Animal Crossing? Well, New Horizons is actually the first Animal Crossing I've played, and I'm quite addicted with it. So. Well, Thomas, let me take you and our listeners down memory lane to see how Animal Crossing New Horizons came to be. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so as we all know, uh, or do we all know, uh, Animal Crossing is a series of social simulation games. That's the, that's the term they use, uh, where the player plays as a human that lives alongside anthropomorphic animals. And what do you do in Animal Crossing, Thomas? You gather resources, and you build houses, and you just, you know, build your own little community together, and it's fun. And it's been like that pretty much every iteration of the franchise. Uh, Basically, the things you can do with your character is catch bugs, fish, cut down trees, and ultimately your goal is that... There is no real goal. There is no real end game, quote unquote. It's not you beat a final boss or anything. What you do is you collect items, make friends with villagers. You can change the way you look and get your house to be as big as you possibly can. Get it to go. It's a very open-ended game. Yeah, I don't, it's like the only thing stopping you from doing anything is basically how rich you are. Because everything you do has to earn a lot of money because... To do more things, you just need a lot of money. So it might be a bit of a grind fest, but I think apparently New Horizons has really streamlined it compared to previous iterations. How many games do you think there are in the series? Um, my uneducated guess is three. There's five, actually. Five. That's not so oh, far wow. off. That's not that. That's more. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a lot. <laughs> The uh, original Animal Crossing came out in uh, Japan, obviously, uh, as this is a Nintendo game. It was called Dobutsu no Mori, or Animal Forest, uh, being the literal translation. It came out in 2001 for the Nintendo 64. I actually did not know this until researching the uh, series. Uh, the Nintendo called That's it a, a throwback. communication game. and uh, Oh, wow. So, when it came out on the Nintendo 64, uh, they were planning to build it on the 64DD. Do you know what that is? Uh, I think I might have heard about it, but that's, I think that's before my time. <laughs> so, uh, this was back when consoles would have peripherals. They would have attachments to make the console better. And the 64DD was a... It was, almost, it was as big as the Nintendo 64, and you would slot it in under the Nintendo 64... And it would have a, a floppy disk drive, and it had a real-time clock built into it. And they mm. wanted to use that uh, to keep track of time in real time, and to keep track of the large save data that Animal Crossing would produce. But, unfortunately, the 64DD didn't 
uh, meet up to expectations and it was a huge failure. So they ultimately oh. uh, released onto the N64 just regular, but they would have a uh, in-game clock built into the cartridge. And to mm. accommodate the save data, uh, do you remember the N64 controller? Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the one that looks like an M, right? Yes. Uh, in the back, you could uh, insert stuff into it, and there was this thing called the controller pack, and uh, it would retain save data, so that's how they got around the uh, limited internal storage. That's pretty crazy, though, because, like, you know, because Animal Crossing is based on day- your local time, so having it to be connected to your own controller is pretty... It's quite nifty. So, um, the GameCube came out only a couple months after Animal Crossing came out on the N64. So, ultimately, it got re-released uh, as Animal Forest Plus on the GameCube in December of the same year. Oh, damn. And, uh, of course, uh, the North American audience would receive it uh, almost a full year later, and it would be renamed as Animal Crossing. Mm. So, they changed it from Forest to Crossing. Any reason why well it's like uh i i assume it's marketing because like do you want to play animal forest it seems so generic <laughs> as opposed to animal crossing yeah it's it's more catchy right it's, it's more catchy and it, i think it encompasses the feeling of the game more at least for yeah. it i well, i don't know i'm an american so it appeals more to me if it was animal crossing as opposed to forest yeah well it, it seemed that like the Japanese always had a different version than the United States or the rest of the world. Oh yeah, this is true. Uh, I'm going to go over the release dates because uh, the original Animal Crossing, uh, they released on Nintendo 64 in Japan and then on GameCube and then we got it uh, nine months after. Uh, the second game, uh, which is Animal Crossing Wild World, that came out on the Nintendo DS Uh that one was called Animal Forest Come Here in Japan, and it came out in November of 2005. We actually got it a month after as Wild World, so not too much turnaround time there. It's not too bad, but um, they still called it Animal Forest. <laughs> the game, the franchise has been called Animal Forest throughout its existence in Japan. I see, I see. Uh, the... So, for everyone else, it's Crossing, for whatever reason. Yes. Okay. Uh... The game after that was released on the Wii, and it came out on at the same time. Actually, we got it like a couple days before Japan did. Isn't that weird? Wow, well, that, that's that's a shocker. So, uh, yeah, little to no turnaround time uh, ever since the second game, really. Uh, the game after the Wii one was on the 3DS. It was called Animal Crossing New Leaf. Oh, there actually was some turnaround time on this one. Uh, in Japan, it came out November 2012. It was called Animal Forest Jump Out. <laughs> we got Animal Crossing New Leaf in June of 2013, so there was roughly a six-month turnaround time. That's not too bad, though. And then we got the latest Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Uh, it's called Animal Forest Gather in Japan, but uh, it was launched mm. uh, simultaneously around the world. Yeah, it's quite hype. Uh, so in the original Animal Crossing, uh, the player character would move into a new town and they'd get a house and they'd have to pay off a mortgage to the famous Tom Nook, a tanuki. <laughs> Although he's called a raccoon here in 
in the localized version because we don't have tanukis. Uh, so basically, he sells you the house and you have to pay it, pay it off. And then he'll offer you a house expansion, which then you pay off again. And the process repeats. <laughs> oh, yeah. So initially, Tom Nook started as a... He's both the shop and the house guy. And he will offer mm-hmm. you jobs to do so you, you can pay off the loan he gave you. Right. And uh, you, the game starts with six villagers on the, uh, the original game. Uh, and there's a maximum of 15. Dang. That's, that's a high number. And uh, there's another famous recurring character, Mr. Rossetti. Have you seen him in New Horizons yet? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, so basically, in every game but New Horizons, you'd have to save the game manually. And if you didn't do that and just turned it off, Mr. Rossetti would show up when you loaded the game next time, and he would yell at you for not saving the game properly. <laughs> but, but yeah. unfortunately, uh, in the Switch version in, in New Horizons, he's out of a job because there's autosave. So instead, he works as the rescue guy. Oh, oh, he's the, uh, that's that's what the rescue app is for. Yep, he he got oh. a new job rescuing people from being <laughs> unable to get back to their house. That's why you, uh, and I I never had to touch that app. So hey, not yet. Not too good. I I I don't imagine a scenario where I'm stuck in a because my ladder hasn't broken yet. So it's like I. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting if I ever encounter when I would need to use the rescue app. You know what's interesting about Animal Crossing? What? Uh, they like to incorporate new technology all the time. Like uh, on the GameCube for Animal Crossing, they would use the connective ability with the Game Boy Advance and the e-reader. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the e-reader? I don't think I had the GameCube, so. Well, okay, so basically if you had a Game Boy, you could you could connect it to the GameCube like with a link cable and that right. would give you access to new stuff in certain games and Animal Crossing made full use of this. Uh it lets you visit a cool. new island so you can get new animals and uh fruits you can sell and like different fish. Yeah. And that and cool. uh using the GBA when you had it hooked up, you can use it as a designing tool. Ooh. So you didn't have to you could you could use the GBA like, kind of like a second screen almost. That's pretty. That's 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 dope. <laughs> Nintendo with the dual screen back in the day. <laughs> Maybe that was that was their the 3DS uh, probably uh, inspiration. In the Nintendo DS version, uh, they would take advantage of the fact that they had two screens. Uh, mm. So, finally, they were able to. I don't well not finally but they were able to show both the sky on the top screen and the ground on the bottom screen and they changed it so it wasn't a top down view anymore it was like a rolling pin which is kind of right. how Animal Crossing has always been since then so you can see what's in the sky above you like presence and stuff while also being able to see like the ground level on the bottom screen and you would move around using the touch screen Although that was a little wonky, but uh, they they always take advantage of the new technology. So, like, on the Wii version, uh, you know how they have the motion controls? They'd use that yeah. to have you control the tools. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Uh, on the 3DS version in New Leaf, uh, they would have... They had to update the... Tech, uh, not the technology, but the graphics and the lighting and shading because they... Now that, now that it's 3D... 
you couldn't really, you know, fake shadows and stuff because people will be able to see the actual 3D space. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like Animal Crossing throughout the years, they have, like, a really consistent color palette to their game. Like, it's really consistent throughout all the different design mediums that they have. It's really cool to see. That like all the games have the the essence in of Animal Crossing. Like you just see it and you're like, oh, that's Animal Crossing. You know. I think that's a like a not only is the visual design this like uh, consistent throughout, but also the gameplay and the characters you see and the music. Because the music's always been uh, the sound director has always been the same guy. It's a uh, Kazumi Totaka, uh, and oh, of course that's... he's the inspiration for the recurring. Uh, character kk slider who is the <laughs> musician of the animal crossing universe and uh i've heard of this guy it, you, you've heard of him you've seen him i've noticed that every picture you get in new horizons it's a picture of kk and i'm not really sure why it's because the music it's part of the music because if you get like a music player and you buy it in the shop and using nook miles or whatever you can go home to your stereo and then play it in your own house. So apparently he's a, he's still the famous singer in New Horizons. So that carries on. Uh, the Nook Miles actually reminds me, uh, they always try to do new stuff to uh, make sure the game doesn't feel so stale all the time. Because like the core gameplay has always been the same, like remarkably so. Because, you know, you go out catching bugs, chopping down trees, stuff like that. Right. Uh, so, New Horizons has the Nook Miles where you get uh, points for doing certain tasks. Uh, New Leaf had uh, this thing called Play Coins, which you could mm. use to buy fortune cookies, <laughs> which you could then trade for prizes. So, it kind of is like a similar thing. I, I guess they took it a step further with Nook Miles letting you unlock new capabilities as opposed to just items and stuff i mean like this being the most recent iteration according speaking to other people it seems to be like even the really minute things they've seemed to kind of streamline the process of building and just the way you get stuff apparently is just better oh yeah because like uh crafting is a relatively new thing uh, the first time we saw crafting uh, was in... I wrote this down because uh, it's it's a new feature. Mm. Well, uh, it, it wasn't in the... It, I don't think it was in a mainline, but uh, they, they introduced it in a side game. I think it might have been the mobile game. Mm. I don't the know for sure, game. but yeah, that... I played that. Uh, the crafting element is, is a new thing, and they made sure to put that into New Horizons. Uh, also... Remember how you start the game in New Horizons? Uh, you get to pick your own plot of land. Ah, yes, but you start in a tent. That's also true. That's a that that's a relatively new. Uh, I think it was only I think starting with New Leaf, which was the 3DS one. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, it's the first time you start in a tent and then a house. Because in the other games, you would just start in a house. Starting baller already. They always try to do like a like a different kind of a take to how your role is. In, in the universe or, or to the place you moved into because like uh, in the first three uh, you basically just move into a town and that's about it uh, in the first one it's it's a village in the second one you're more spread out 
but starting with New Leaf, uh, when you move in, you get mistaken to be the new mayor of the town, and you start you you're just turned into the mayor, <laughs> and you get to do stuff like uh, starting public works projects to create like landmarks and stuff, or passing ordinances. So like you can determine when shops open and close. Oh, so that was a new crazy. twist on the Animal Crossing formula, and and, and this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't move to like a village or uh, like a town or whatever. You move to a deserted island, and you start to transform this uh, wildland into a animal crossing. <laughs> <laughs> funny, you think you're funny? I do think I'm funny. <laughs> I'm 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 enjoying it. I mean, even though it's like my first iteration into the game, it's it feels polished you know it's like it's a lot of thought has come like the game design even though there's things that could be improved ui ux related it's still the essence of the game is still very enjoyable and like now that apparently one of the new things is that you can um apparently eventually reshape reshape your island to the way you want it so you can like basically make the island your own rather than being stuck with what's given to you, which I think is pretty cool. They always want to uh, emphasize custom customization and creativity, because uh, in the in the older games, you this is the most customizable Animal Crossing. Like as we get new iterations, it gets more customizable. Uh, they included the ability to change skin color, which was a which was from a DS spinoff where you only built houses. But uh, for some reason, that was the first game in which you can change the color of your character's skin. Uh, they put mm-hmm. in the crafting system from the mobile game. Uh, both the genders have access to every hairstyle, every eye, every cl- piece of clothing. So that's really customizable. Yeah, it's all in all just good. <laughs> you know, like I, I, it's hard to find faults in this game other than just little things that could be, oh, I want to craft things faster but like if that's like the one thing i complain about and it's like that's pretty minute you know it's, it's quite an open uh sandbox playground type of deal in which like you can you get to move people into like the specific location you want if you want to like you can yeah. be like oh uh new villager i want you to move in here and you over there yeah i've gotten to the point where i can given and i get enough money i can move everyone to the way i want it so i can if uh you don't have to be stuck with like oh if you made a bad decision in the um early stages of the game now that you have access to the whole island you can spread out your villagers or make a nice town it's it's all up to how you want it and i think that's really cool uh fun fact well it's not well it wasn't fun for uh nintendo but uh this game got delayed because uh, they wanted to avoid crunch, and it led right. to a three point five percent drop in stock price. And they ultimately Ooh. lost a billion dollars due to this delay. But I think the game, as a whole, I guess, I like, like they made better, you know, because no crunch might make make it worse, and we don't want we don't want to have the game development community always have crunch. You know, that's something that. We want games to get away from. Yeah, I'd like to think the sales number f- for this game will end up being really good. 
because uh, like the game is quite quite solid. It's very polished, and you can see the amount of love put into it. Um, it was the best-selling game on launch, beating out the number two place Doom Eternal by triple in sales. So it's uh, it's looking pretty yeah. good so far. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's only been um, I believe a week, right? Yes, and I have the sales yeah. numbers. Oh, shoot them. Uh, okay, so I have the sales numbers for the mainline games. So the original Animal Crossing for the Nintendo 64 and GameCube sold 2.32 million copies. The okay. sequel, Animal Crossing Wild World, for the, th- uh, for the Nintendo DS, sold 11.75 million copies. That's a big jump. The uh, third game... Animal Crossing City Folk sold 3.38 million copies. And that was on the Wii. Okay. And the fourth game, uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf, sold 12.21 million copies. And that was for the 3DS. So the final one, the current game, New Horizons, has currently sold 1.88 million copies. Within a week. And uh, (laughs) you might have noticed that when it's on a console console like uh the gamecube or the wii it sold not as much as when it's on a handheld so i'm hoping that with new horizons being on a handheld like the switch it's gonna sell big numbers i mean like it's like people who have not really played animal crossing seem to really take a liking to this game because i have like co-workers that never played the series before and it was like oh it's a cute game i want to play it you know like it just seems to like now that it's capturing more of the american audience more people are taking like it's getting more exposure basically kind of similar to yakuza in a way but in a different except much um, more accessible in this case did you know uh 56 percent of animal crossing players are women um i wouldn't i mean like I didn't know that, but it's believable. It's it, it brings in all sorts of players because uh, it, it's so open ended, and you can do whatever you want. It's very relaxing. I really like the music because you know, like in some games, you just get tired of the music. In this game, I just felt like it's you 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 feel like the music is part of the game. Like you know, like it's it just it's a complementary thing rather than something just added to it. Oh yeah, the sound designer has always been really good at kind of emphasizing what's happening in the scene and when not to make it as uh, relaxing an experience as possible. Yeah, I think um, they definitely met that goal, for sure. Like, knock it out of the ballpark. So, uh, final thoughts on Animal Crossing? I'm going to keep playing. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'd hope so after how how you talked it up there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I got to the point where I, I... got the resident services to be a building so that just opened up so many doors and i'm like overwhelmed with things to do <laughs> and it's i crazy. guess we'll, we'll come back to this in the future to see how thomas and chris fare in their animal crossing journey and uh with that i think we've come to the close of this year first episode of the double darn podcast is darn. there anything you want to say to the good people uh you know i mean we would like to have let's play soon that was, that was originally planned but 
there will be things down the pipeline. You know, keep an eye on our YouTube and Twitter. There'll be links. So, and podcasts, I believe, every other week. So, we got a B subject next time. That's right. This week's A was Animal Crossing. Next week's B. That would be spoilers. I don't want to tell anybody yet. Yeah. But it's I it's mean, in I the pipeline. It's in the it's it's <laughs> in the works there. It totally yeah. totally exists. <laughs> That's um, right. And uh, the podcast will get smoother, and uh, it looks like we're running quite long. Uh, but the, yeah. as we get into the flow of things, we'll get we'll, we'll streamline it just like Animal Crossing has, and uh, we'll be doing things smoother with less uh, bumpy bumpy bumps in the road. That's that was <laughs> well said, <laughs> me. Yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a warm up after a, a two year break, so you know we're we're getting there. All right, so thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next time for this for the next episode of the Double Darn Podcast. And Thomas will close it out with these following words: Darn. That wasn't.